Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, the Madman. Have you ever seen a bird try to fly through a window and knock itself out? Yeah, me too. Me too. In the movies, they always make it seem like aliens or demons or the plants are messing with the magnetosphere. But I think we all know what really happened. Some bird is flying along all knocked up and it's thinking, dang, I'm preggers. I need to find a safe spot to drop these eggs and raise these tiny versions of me. Oh, what's that over there? Dang, that looks like a nice cave. They got a TV and a couch. I'll just fly on through this big opening there and thwack. The bird knocks itself out cold. Now pay attention, dumbass humans. Don't go out there and try to help the stupid, filthy bird. That's gross. After all, the darn thing will probably wake up at some point and realize that it made the wrong call and move on. Unless a dog or other predator eats them first. But hey, that's the circle of life. When a dog eats a bird, that's the circle. The circle of life. Sorry about that. Elton John just springs for my soul sometimes. Speaking of stupid animals, have you ever seen an insect try to do the same thing? The difference is they don't knock themselves out. You see, they have exoskeletons, you know? So it's like a knight in full armor trying to breach a castle wall by running into it over and over. And as I'm sure you know, it takes a while for insects to get the hint that they can't get through a window. Thwack, thwack, thwack. Duh, why can't I get in? I'll try again. Thwack, thwack, thwack. Eventually, their tiny brain will forget what it is they are trying to do and move on. So my question to you is, which is better, an endoskeleton or an exoskeleton? And I think the answer is endoskeleton. First of all, it's what we have. But the truth is, is that when you have an exoskeleton, you don't really need to be careful with your life or even pensive with your actions. God gave bugs exoskeletons because they are so dumb that they need that kind of protection. Long before glass was invented, bugs evolved the exoskeletons because billions of broods were being picked off by predators in ages past, and eventually a mutation developed where they developed a hard outer shell, and God had mercy on the bugs. I'm not sure what he's done for birds lately, though. Perhaps it's the ability to detect magnetic fields. Maybe. Anyway, this is Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, The Madman, and I want to remind you to go over to YouTube. Check out my videos on YouTube. I make some clips. Search for Shock Monkey Radio on YouTube. I'm also on BitChute. You can find videos on BitChute as well. Search for Shock Monkey Radio. I would appreciate it if you became a patron. Go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. And at three bucks a month, you get access to all of our video content behind the paywall. I would appreciate it. And if you don't have... Uh, Three bucks a month to send me, and you just want to send me, you know, 99 cents. <laughs> send me some weird, like, uh, dollar amount, like $1.33 or something like that, or $333,000.47. You know, send me some weird amount of money through Cash App. Go to, go to use the cash tag Shock Monkey Radio. I'm on Cash App. Use cash tag Shock Monkey Radio, all one word. I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And if uh, you can't give me any money, then go ahead and share my videos that you find on YouTube or BitChute. That would, that would help me. And it costs nothing. It costs nothing for you to do that. Share it with your friends. Tell people to listen to this podcast. So next, I'm going to tell you how my Friday went. Woke up from a dream about Susanna Hoffs and need a cigarette. Log on to cycle through the tunes to check mail. Process some leather, process some cloth, log off to shit and take a shower. 
Didn't check rested status on my tune, so I log back on to see my pally needs a few more bubbles of rest. Switch to my Shadow Priest and queue for PvP in Warsong Gulch and Arathi Basin. Smoke a couple cigarettes, but the queue is taking forever, so I switch to my DPS Warrior. Fly to the Hinterlands, kill and skin wolves, kill owlbees, kill trolls. In a couple of, in a couple of hours, my build, bags are full, and I hearth back to Ironforge. Mail leather to my leather worker. Cook two stacks of tender wolf steak. Mail red wolf meat down to my lower level tunes. Log off for lunch. Take, make two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and eat them while watching Ben Shapiro. Log on with my main. Guild members are starting to get online, but not enough to do anything, so I switch, switch back to my PvP priest. Three matches of Warsong Gulch and only victorious in one. Turn in my marks and rep for experience. Bored, I log on with my hunter. Fly to the western plague lands, collect scourge stones and rune cloth. Spend a couple of hours doing that until guildies want to do Strathholm Live. Hearth to Ironforge. Send magic armor to my main to disenchant. Mail rune cloth to my tank warrior for rep. Log on with my main to fly to the eastern plague lands to meet the guildies for the dungeon run. Wipe quickly at the start due to a wandering hunter pet, but they came, well, you came, together, came together nicely after that. Took me 10 minutes to wipe. Ten minutes after the wipe to realize that I didn't have my Argent Dawn Commission equipped. Ash-covered boots drop. Crown of Tyranny drops. Master Cannoneer's boots drop. None of which I can use. Create a portal for my guildies back to Ironforge. Send Runecloth to my tank warrior and log for a bio break. Log back in with my main to discover Mooncloth is available. And guild is planning a ZG run in about an hour. Port to Darnassus. Make Mooncloth where I discover I have a turn-in quest at Silithus. Make Mooncloth bag and send it to my tank warrior. Take the long flight from Silithus. Go to the AFK and into my room to burp the worm to pay Asian POV porn. Quick wash up and back to the keyboard just in time to land at Scenarian Hold. Tur uh, turn in the cooking quest. Port to Stormwind. Fly into Westfall. Mount up and start riding towards Stranglethorn Vale. Arrive at the ZG entrance and start conjuring water. A couple of PvP flagged horde are started trying to start a fight near the entrance. I'm currently the only mage in the raid, so I have to supply everyone. Right before entering, two more mage pugs join. Rain raid is about 75% guild and the rest are pugs, which results in a smooth run. Won a few coins, but no bijous. However, did win the primary Hikari Shawl, which I needed. Wiped once when the on the imps, but we had a couple of locks and a plenty of druids, peace, and proud. Priests and pallies. Final boss fight goes as smooth as the rest of the raid. Create a portal to Iron Forge for the raid. Wait until they leave and then port to Stormwind. Fly back to Westfall. Mount up and ride to Zandalar Island. Turn in the shawl for Zandalar Illusionist Mantle. Port to Iron Forge. Collect mail. Disenchant useless ma magic items. Send rune cloth to my tank warrior and dump enchanting mats in the bank. Switch to my tank warrior. Collect cloth for rep. Holding on to it for now. Switch through my tunes to check mail. Log off. Go to bed. I no longer know who I am and I feel like the ghost of a total stranger. Anyway, I call that bit, Victor Plays World of Warcraft. You ever seen that movie, Rules of Attraction? It's a pretty good flick. Just check it out. So, um, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, he upvoted my UFOs video on Parlor a couple days ago, and I wanted to talk about that because I'm <laughs> I think that's kind of cool because, you know, Dr. Jordan Peterson, kind of a hero of mine. Modern hero, if you ask me. And uh, I know I geeked out a few years ago when Rebecca Felgate listened to my show and commented on the Shock Monkey Radio Facebook page. But this is Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, not some YouTube crush. It's an amusing thought for me to imagine Dr. Peterson watching my video and giggling and chortling at my stupid Flintstones and Iron Butterfly jokes. After all, Canadians can only giggle and chortle. Rarely do Canadians guffaw. However, once I consider the nature of Dr. Peterson's content and the nature of mine, I wonder how he even came across my post. But I did use the hashtag Ezekiel, so per perhaps that's how he found it. Certainly my video was probably not what Dr. Peterson was looking for, but he must have sat through it and was somewhat amused enough to upvote it. Thank you, Dr. Peterson. I hope, you, I, hope I made you giggle or chortle, possibly even titter or snicker, because that's, that is why I do what I do. Not just for Dr. Peterson or Rebecca Felgate, but for all of you who listen and watch this podcast. I hope to lighten your load or watch... Uh, I hope to lighten your load of your worries by cracking dumb jokes while discussing somewhat serious subjects. Before the internet, before my podcast, there was no way in hell I could ever reach someone like Rebecca Felgate 
much less Dr. Peterson. But here we are in the information age, and my voice can reach all over the world just as your voice can. Before the internet, the best I could do was write a letter to DC Comics to tell Chuck Dixon that I really loved his work on the new Robin series in the early 90s, and I never got a response. It wasn't until the internet where I was able to find a message board that Chuck posted to where I could extend my compliments to him. And here we are in the information age. And Dr. Peterson's lectures and podcasts have entertained and inspired me, and I was able to return the favor in some small way in a manner that suits my particular set of skills. <laughs> Every time Dr. Peterson or Rebecca or you find something humorous about my content, it fills me with warm fuzzies. And I'll be honest about my own private thoughts. I wonder if other famous people have watched my videos. I put out a video a while back called A Quick Cobra Kai Rant where I was talking about G.I. Joe and Ralph Macchio that was somewhat unflattering to Ralph. And someone commented something to the effect of, have you seen the new Cobra Kai show? It's pretty good. And sometimes I like to think that Ralph Macchio saw my video, was a little hurt about what I said, and felt a need to comment on it. Now, I'm not trying to specifically insult Ralph Macchio any more than I'm trying to specifically entertain Dr. Peterson. However, I find it interesting that I inadvertently insulted or entertained a celebrity. Sometimes I wonder if Carrie Russell ever watches or uh, listens to my podcast and wonders if she actually met me. Who the fuck is that guy? Do I know him? And that thought is infinitely entertaining to me. So thank you again, Dr. Peterson, for giving me a bit of validation. And I hope you don't go digging too far into my old episodes and hear the horrible shit I said about your daughter. Let me wet my whistle here. Mm. Water. The water of life creates a triangle, you know, the hydrogen and oxygen atoms, like a triangle. That's how it cuts through rock. <laughs> it's, it's a molecular axe is what it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, you have a smartphone, right? I have a smartphone. I have a smartphone. And I hate that my apps are always telling me that they miss me. Like you, I have a smartphone. And so, of course, I have a bevy of apps on my phone. Also, like you, I get tons of notifications on my phone that I think might be an email or a text, and if, if, the, if, they're, if you are older than me, in a voicemail. But instead, like you, I get notifications from some apps that just say nothing. Just like me, I bet you use Facebook and are happy to get notifications of people responding to your posts and the like. But sometimes you get a notification from Facebook that says something like, if you boost X post, you could reach Y people, etc. And if you are single like I am, you probably have two or three dating apps giving you notifications that you don't need, especially if you are like me and you have to go th and you go through phases where you're looking, <laughs> where you're looking and then you give up entirely. And so I get notifications from Bumble and Match saying things like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take and nonsense like that. The app is telling me that they miss me more than any woman ever would. They're pissed that I'm looking at other apps as if they don't know. It's like a nagging girlfriend showing up to say, I noticed you've been listening to Gavin McInnes' podcast all day and playing video games, loser, so maybe I need a little attention? Fuck you and fuck your app. The last thing I want is a needy fucking application on my phone telling me I need to interact more meaningfully with it just because I stroke my meat while using said phone for porn. I got the entire girlfriend experience already with this fucking device. Why would I want more drama than Bumble and Pornhub gives me? After all, once I wipe the spunk off myself, I get Tinder blowing me up saying, hey, I heard you were with Bumble and Pornhub. You even got them talking. I'm shocked that when you ask a question in Siri, she doesn't randomly say something like, oh, I can't even with you right now, 40% of the time. 
Congratulations, humans. You have made a technology as cumbersome as a, poly- as a polyamorous relationship. Maybe that's why so, po- so many polyamorous relationships are popping up all over the place. Because we've been conditioned to think that the only real relationship sometimes begins with the phrase, we've noticed you haven't posted anything in a while. You know, sometimes I get to thinking I'm too angry to write. But the truth is, is that that is the, probably the best time to write. What is making me angry? Well, the million MAGA march that happened this past weekend has got uh, that a lot of news agencies aren't talking about very much at all. I find that odd, especially being someone who lives within an hour of Washington, D.C. The closer the news is to me, the more I want to know about it. So over 100,000 people showed up to support uh, President for number 45 and demand election recounts. Every honest American should be concerned about the integrity of the elections. After all, the mainstream media just spent four years trying to convince us all that Russia mucked in the 2016 elections, which resulted in Trump's victory. But as soon as the election appears to favor their candidate, they start proclaiming that this 2020 election is the purest election ever held, and asking questions is un-American, or something like that. But the reason that I am angry, and that people resorted to to violence in D.C. over the weekend— The reason is that I am angry because people resorted to violence in D.C. over the weekend. I cannot read my own notes. (laughs) And just like every time these fascist anti-fascists start a fight and the media blames the conservatives as instigators, I'm sick and tired of this bullshit. After all, it certainly seems that their beloved leader, Joe Sniffum Biden, has won. They allegedly got what they wanted, and yet they still use violence because it's never enough for these people. They are domestic terrorists, and terrorists cannot be negotiated with. Not simply because you, don't, you shouldn't, but si- the simple fact that you can't. Terrorists concede nothing, and all they want is absolute power. They want the power to hunt and kill conservatives with impunity because they are so stupid and brainwashed that they believe that anyone who does not support their absurd socialist agenda are enemies of the state and should be doxxed, silenced, beaten, and or killed. The election seems to have gone their way, and yet they are still out there in our streets perpetuating violence. Perpetrating violence. Damn it. Seems to me that it's more about the violence than anything else. It seems to me that there is an entire generation who grew up never getting into a scrap in the schoolyard due to liberal teachers that raised them in a Nerf world, and then when they grow up into adults, they seem to yearn for violence. I'm not saying that getting into scraps in the schoolyard is preferred. What I am saying is that I am a fighter and I have the losses to prove it. I got into scraps in school in the schoolyard and I know better than anyone and I know better than to go anywhere that large where large amounts of people gather because the nature of large crowds and the stupidity the stupidity and the crimes increase exponentially. When a friend tells me that they are moving to Virginia and I want and they want to know the best places to live to avoid crime, I just pull up, I tell them to pull up an electoral map of Virginia, and all the districts that are blue are what you should avoid. This is true of any state's electoral map. Blue district, high crime rate, never fails. And I am so sick of the idea that the Proud Boys are a far-right violent group. And sure, they, far, they fight far more than I think they should. But if you are an Antifa asshole with violence in your heart, you clearly don't understand the simple fact of being a belligerent. There will always be someone to fight back. A fight is one of the easiest things to find if you seriously go looking for it. So when Antifa starts a fight and the Proud Boys finish it, that's justice. 
Sure, it's street justice, but sometimes it's all you get. I think anyone who ever throws the first punch needs to be beaten within an inch of their life so they learn a lesson about why you should never throw the first punch. You might be sitting there saying, but violence doesn't solve anything. That just proves that you know nothing about violence. What sort of nonviolent strategy would you suggest to the world? Should, what should they have deployed once the Germans blitzed across Europe? They were fascists just like the Antifa are fascists. In the months leading up to this election, we heard all sorts of nonsense from the left, like, like the violence will stop once Trump is out of office. They condemned the violence without specifically naming Antifa because they silently support Antifa. They created the monster known as Antifa and loosed them upon the American public. But it's something they cannot control, and someone needs to put the dog down. I am not calling for violence or street justice. I am calling for actual justice. These people need to be arrested and charged for their crimes, and the fact that, they ha that that has not happened yet infuriates me. Police need to do their jobs. Prosecutors need to do their jobs. Mayors and governors need to do their jobs and restore law and order in every single city, town, and village in this nation. And now they're trying to tell us we can't have Thanksgiving or Christmas this year. Fuck that and fuck them. I'm going to stop right now because this rant could go on forever. Believe me. All right. So apparently I can read pretty fast and I went through all my notes. You know how long it took me to write all that? So uh, we're going to have to go right into the news worth knowing. That's the new stinger. News worth knowing. <laughs> That's what I need is I need a, like a, yeah, a, a bunch of drama kids. We need to get some of those, some of those high school drama kids to come in here just to pop in. That news worth knowing. But they harmonize. You get people who can actually sing, unlike me. Sorry about that Elton John thing earlier. I don't know what happened to me. That was weird. So let's get into this first news story. Uh, Californians prepare to descend on Georgia to fight for Democrats in Senate races. Okay, I don't know if you know anything about this, but I certainly pay attention to the news a lot, so I know about this. <clears throat> a host of California residents and California-based political organizations are prepared to descend on Georgia to campaign for two Democrat U uh, U.S. Senate candidates whose victory would have pr profound implications for the direction of the country. The San Francisco Chronicle reports that Democrats in the Golden State have been hounding political organizers with questions about how they can travel to Georgia to volunteer for Democratic candidates John Ossoloff and uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock. Ossoloff is running against Republican Senate Senator David Perdue, and Warnock is running against incumbent GOP Senator Kelly Loeffler. Both races went to a January 5 runoff election after no candidate won a majority in the November election. The current balance of power for the incoming Senate is 50 Republicans and 48 Democrats. That means the Democrats must win both of Georgia's runoff elections to make it a 50-50 Senate in which Vice President Kamala-elect, quote-unquote, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris would be the tie-breaking vote, giving her, the, uh, a par uh, giving her party a razor-thin majority in the chamber. The runoff election has fired up Democrats from out of state. According to a campaign finance According to campaign finance data, more than 83% of the funds for Ossoff's campaign came from outside Georgia, as did nearly 80% of the funds for Warnock's fall campaign. Flip the West, a California-based organization, quote, dedicated to harnessing grassroots power to help Democrats take back the U.S. Senate, 
has filled up more than 75,000 phone bank shifts uh, for making calls to Georgia, according to the Chronicle. Additionally, more than 16,000 volunteers have signed up to send postcards to Georgia voters reminding them to vote in the runoff election. Ronnie Cohen and the organization's uh, executive director told the outlet that a number of uh, volunteers is unprecedented for us. Often you have to nudge people at to phone bank. It just shows the passion people have for this, she said. Uh, others are pre- pre- prepared to physically travel to Georgia. Manny Yakutel, sorry, a political activist who owns a civic engagement space uh, in San Francisco's Mission District, said he has been bombarded with calls asking him, when do I move to Georgia? Where can I stay? Should I uh, get a block of hotel rooms? Holy shit. Among the most high-profile people who have said they're moving to Georgia just to vote in the election is former Democratic presidential nominee Andrew Yang. This guy went off the rails, huh? Quote, great quote, great news, hashtag Yang gang. Evelyn and I are moving to Georgia to help at Ossoff and at Reverend Warnock win. Yang tweeted earlier this month, this is our only chance to clear Mitch out of the way and help Joe and Kamala get things done in the next four years. He's a real party boy now, isn't he? Uh, The vast... The vast number of people who said they were willing to move to Georgia just so they can vote in the runoff election has prompted state officials to push back on the idea. Gabriel Sterling, Georgia's voting system manager, uh, cautioned during a press conference last week that doing so would violate state... Oh, thank you for someone bringing that up. In order to be able to register and vote in Georgia, you have to be a Georgia resident, he said. That means you have to believe you are, st- <laughs> you believe you are staying in Georgia. <laughs> These crooked bastards. Uh, those who try to vote in Georgia while merely visiting the state may face felony charges punishable by up to 10 years in prison and a $100,000 fine. Yeah, you know, Democrats, they're not cheating. They don't cheat. They're not the cheaters. All right, let's go to this next story. Antifa-aligned group cheers alleged arson at police officers' home. Twitter allows the tweet. Pacific Northwest Young Liberation Front has used Twitter to advocate its radical position. Uh, a group aligned with the radical left-wing group Antifa sent a, sent a tweet Sunday in which it appeared to praise the alleged arson attempt at a law, enforce, law enforcement officer's home. The group Pacific Northwest Youth Liberation Front included an article on how, to, on how federal law enforcement agencies were investigating the incident, which law enforcement said might be linked to recent protests in Portland. According to Oregon Public Broadcasting, the Washington County Sheriff's Office has already claimed the incident was arson. Quote, this is so cool, the group tweeted along with the article. When contacted by Fox News, Twitter did not immediately say whether the post had violated its policies, whether the post violated its policies. A law enforcement official reportedly said that there was a concern in this case that the uh, officer was surveilled and followed home. Sunday's tweet came after months of protests in cities like Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, where some, some destroyed and def- or defaced property. The PNW Youth Liberation Front describes itself as a, quote, decentralized network of autonomous youth collectives. <laughs> Apparently stating its goal, the group says, quote, direct action towards total liberation. That, that's anarchy, right? That means anarchy. Pretty sure. Uh, the group has also resisted the idea that protests should be peaceful. Quote, to all the people on the streets who call themselves peaceful protesters, I don't know where you've been for the past four plus years, but being peaceful doesn't stop the police. How do I know this? Because people have been doing this for years before you hopped on the protest trend. 
the account tweeted this summer. The group wrote similar posts on its account. Quote, we stood in the streets, hands up, nonviolent, and time and time again, uh, brutalized, shot with chemical weapons, and arrested. The PNW Youth Liberation Front added in another tweet. There's, quote, there's simple reason why you haven't experienced intense brutality yet. It's called public fucking relations. Jesus Christ. Quote, the pigs are in a PR battle, so they, they say there's a difference from peaceful and violent protesters. When in fact, they are fi- what, they are fighting is a f- what we are fighting is a form of violence, making any and all resistance self and community defense. Self and community defense. <sighs> That's what the cops are for, idiots. Yeah, uh, of course, <clears throat> of course, uh, Twitter's going to let this tweet remain. I mean, you can directly call for violence on, on these uh, liberal social media platforms. You could directly call for violence as long as you're targeting conservatives, any conservative. It could be specific conservatives or conservatives generally. It doesn't matter. Twitter's okay with that. You know, that's why I use Parler. That's why we should all go to Parler. Because you never know. Jordan Peterson might like to upvote your post. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No bias in tech. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Let's keep talking about crazy-ass Californians. Uh, <clears throat> California authorities insist people stay home. Meanwhile, they're escaping to lavish getaways in Hawaii. Comes just after California issued a travel advisory. California lawmakers are reportedly descending on a week-long policy conference in Hawaii as the Golden State urges its citizens to refrain from travel and indoor gatherings. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, again, the Independent Voter Project, which is hosting the conference, declined to name whether the, the name the, the fewer than 20 lawmakers who collectively came from California, Texas, and Washington. The conference is taking place at Fairmont Kealuni Lani, Fairmont Kealuni Lani in Maui. Jeez, Hawaiian words, those are the worst. So many vowels. The conference is taking place at the Fairmount Kia Lani in Maui, where rooms reportedly run $600 or over per night with policy decisions and schmoozing with corporate sponsors, the Chronicle said Monday. Its website says the event is four days long and the purpose is to provide a setting away from the Capitol for elected officials and a diverse group of industry experts to consider policy matters in a nonpartisan manner. Okay. Um, News of the event came just days after the California Department of Public Health issued a travel advisory urging residents to stay home and not leave their region. Quote, unquote, region. Uh, quote, Californians are encouraged to stay home, in, home or in their region and avoid un, non, non-essential travel to other states or countries, reads the advisory from Friday. Uh, avoiding travel can reduce the risk of virus transmission and, bring the virus back to Calif- and bringing the virus back to California. It also recommends people returning to California to quarantine for 14 days after arrival. 14 days. The project reportedly uh, paid for guests five nights stay at the Fairmont, as well as a $550 for airfare. <laughs> While details are unclear, the Sacramento Bee reported on a conference in 2015 noting ditching suits and ties for shorts and polos, attendees rotate through morning panels covering subjects such as drug buyback programs and the digital divide in poor households. Hawaiian shirts are in disappointingly short supply. During open afternoons, they are free to relax and explore explore the island, often with spouses and children who have tagged along for the week. Jack Pitney, a Claremont Claremont McKenna professor, said at the time that nobody thinks you're going to Maui to learn things. (laughs) Uh, 
Chairman and Executive Director of the IVP, Dan Howell, <clears throat> said in the said the event was about a third of its usual size and that it was taken advantage of Hawaii's very detailed safe travel program. He also claimed that IVP was bending over backwards to make sure there's every conceivable safety protocol. He added, uh, we've been really careful. We didn't make the final decision to do this until the site had a, had a program to reopen. Uh, participants will reportedly have to download an app that traces their movements. <laughs> Golly. You mean it's not built in the phone already? <laughs> it should just be a switch or something like that. Oh, there goes the camera. That is not good. Yep, I knocked it over. That's my bad. I'll let you fix that. I'll keep going. The Hawaii conference is just the latest to raise questions about how politicians spent their time while directing citizens to isolate themselves. For example, Governor Gavin, Gavin Newsom came under fire after attending a dinner party with his wife on November 6th. The gathering included at least a dozen people and took place in an upscale restaurant in Napa Valley. Thank you, sir. My bad. <laughs> a Sacramento Bee editorial blasted the decision. Quote, this is a bad look for, the, for an elected official at any time, but especially during a pandemic that has claimed more than 18,000 lives in California and devastated the state's economy. In addition to the fact that the dinner was in honor of a lobbyist. <laughs> Newsom and, the, and state and local health officials have urged people to stay within their own households. If people must visit others, they should uh, meet outside, include no more than three households, wear masks, stay, sh stay socially distanced, and limit their interaction to two hours. Jeez Louise. Quote, while our family followed uh, the restaurant's health protocols and took safety precautions, we should have modeled better behavior and not join the dinner, he said in a statement. So here, here's how it works for these Democrat assholes. It's rules for thee, but not for me. And this is what it is. This is like the, the, privilege, the privileged few. And those privileged few are the rich and the political, you know, the the political officers i should say you know they're the the noble they're the nobles they get to do whatever the hell they want we have to lock up we have to lock down lock up is it lock up or lock down no that's like if you borrow somebody's somebody's house or you're like you could check my dog while i'm out of town and you're like yeah make sure you lock up when you're done you don't lock down lock down means you'd stay in the house okay i get it i get it now i get it now all right, let's talk about education. <laughs> uh, teachers union across the U.S. demands stop to in-person learning amid rising coronavirus cases. Uh, okay, here we go. Teachers unions across, the, across America are calling for the halt of in-person learning as coronavirus cases climb once again. Although some state governments have relaxed health restrictions, allowing schools to reopen their doors with precautionary measures in place, the success of a classroom setting amidst the pandemic has been a mixed bag. In August, a Georgia school district was forced to quarantine nearly 1,200 students and staff members after a second grader tested positive for on, the, on the first day of instruction. Georgia, led by Republican Governor uh, Brian Kemp, was one of, the, one of the states with the least regulation. It opened bowling alleys and barbershops in April against the direction of experts uh, leading the White House Coronavirus task, for task Force. However, New York City, which took the brunt of the blow in March, had cases plateau, prompting Democratic Mayor Bill de Blasio to declare victory in October. Just so you know about New York, especially like in Manhattan. New York has, is the reason why it took such a toll on New Yorkers is because of the people like Bill de Blasio and Cuomo. These people are idiots. They did poorly. Horrible. 
Uh, anyway, I'll go on. Qu- uh, quote, we did it, New York City, he said, in, uh, on the city's third first day of school. <laughs> the mayor's jubilant announcement came following multiple delays in the process. A month later, the former uh, 2020 presidential candidate had to, re- had to reverse course. He warned parents last week that schools were like, would likely shutter again if the city's positivity rate ex- exceeds 3%. 3%? The announcement on Monday came even after recent studies showed little to link the relationship between K-12 schooling and the spread of the virus. Nevertheless, heart rates rise as cases do and teachers and staff members, older and perhaps with comorbidities, uh, have cause for concern. The United States lays claim to over a fifth of the world's coronavirus cases and has seen the most deaths according to data from Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center. With more than 150,000 new cases daily, states like California, Michigan, Washington State, and Oregon have moved to revoke privileges like indoor dining and gatherings. Jesus. Experts warn that another 100,000 to 200,000 Americans could die from the virus over the next few months if significant action is not taken. The New York Times reported Monday. Philadelphia's uh, Democratic Mayor Jim Kenney introduced new coronavirus-related rules as as well, uh, telling his residents that the city does not take any of this lightly. Quote, believe me, more than anything in the world, I wish none of this was necessary, he said. Hold your tongue. Read, read the article, Scott. The Pennsylvania State Education Association, which represents about 180,000 educators, is urging school districts to comply with Kenny's uh, restrictions, requesting that any district within the county, within a county experiencing su- substantial COVID-19 spread, trans- uh, transition to, s- to solely remote instruction. <clears throat> More than half of Pennsylvania's 67 counties fall into that jurisdiction, state data shows. Quote, the State Departments of Health and Education developed these guidelines based upon good science and what the infection rates in the school's community. PSEA President Rich Askey. His name's Rich, Rich Askey? Ugh. Rich Askey. He said Wednesday in a statement, we must follow these guidelines to the letter. It's the best way for us to slow the spread of this virus and keep up our students, staff, and their families safe. Rhode Island teachers unions are asking the plantation state's leadership for a holiday pause, moving to distance learning from an already hybrid model by next week. Quote, viral caseloads coupled with a lag in contact, t- contact tracing, staffing shortages due to quarantines and the arrival of colder weather negatively impact health, safety, and instruction. The National Education Association, Rhode Island, and Rhode Island Federal Te- uh, Federation of Teachers and Health Professionals wrote in a statement. Excuse me. Uh, the organizations agree a temporary move to statewide distance learning is common sense uh, is a common sense critical step in driving down incidence rates. Teachers in Chicago's Marquardt School District 15 urged Tuesday for an immediate switch to remote learning after Democratic Mayor Lori Lightfoot issued a stay-at-home uh, advisory effective Monday. The Chicago Tribune reported. In Virginia, Fairfax County Public Schools. Uh, Superintendent Scott uh, Brabrand announced that cases in the area have exceeded, quote, the fret threshold to expand our in-person learning, and that, pl- and, and that plans, what the hell just happened? What happened? I was reading an article and it just changed on me. That article just changed on me. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I hit Ford or something. All right. All right. Yeah. In Virginia, 
Fairfax County Public Schools Superintendent Scott Brabrand announced that cases in the area have exceeded the threshold to expand our in-person learning and the plans to return thousands of students to classrooms would be suspended. The move comes as Northern Virginia's Teachers Association, uh, representing 12,000 employees, sent a letter to the Democratic Governor Ralph Northam saying that the state should return to phase two of the reopening plan, limiting in-person instruction. So these 12,000 people, they get to decide how education goes in in our state. Okay, whatever. Uh, quote, it, it continues to be clear that Northern Virginia is past the point of safe metrics. Are you kidding? I'm going to continue with this quote. It continues to be clear that the Northern Virginia is past the point of safe metrics for in-person learning in our school buildings, the unions wrote, according to the Washington Post. Uh, quote, everyone, including educators, wants our schools to be back to normal, but by opening when it's not safe to do so, we, likely, uh, we increase the likelihood that normal will never come. That's a weighty set of words right there. Normal will never come. I think that's what they're going for. They want normal to never come. All right, I'm done reading the article. I'm free to comment on it now. All right, here's the thing. If we've all been on lockdown, if we've all been in our homes and all these businesses had to shutter up, you know, and you had to limit people in the the dining rooms, limit, limit the people coming into your store, you know, everyone has to have a mask on, everyone has a glass up, you know? Why is there an outbreak all of a sudden? If the masks work, if all of these precautions we've been taking are supposed to work, why is it? Why are cases rising all of a sudden? That's what I want to know. And why don't you want to go to school? Kids are the least likely, least likely to get sick from this thing. And you could say, yeah, the teachers are more at risk, but you can wear a fucking mask and it's not like you're making out with the kids. Oh, wait. Yeah. You teachers do that quite a bit. Teachers fooling around with students. (laughs) It happens. It happens quite a bit. All right? I understand if you're older and you have uh, comorbidities and stuff as a teacher. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Even if you're over 70, you are very likely to survive this. The the quote-unquote damage this virus can do has been way overblown. And this this article is about these lazy fucking teachers who don't want to do their job. All right, we've been on lockdown for like nine months because of this bullshit. All right, and this whole time, the, have these have these fucking teachers been collecting a check the entire time, as if they are working? No, these kids who are doing this remote learning stuff—it's a bunch of bullshit. Kids aren't there half the time. The teachers, you know, phoning it in. So, like, what are you playing videos for them? It's silly. It's silly. I mean, it. My um, my sister pulled my niece out of out of this remote learning bullshit so that she could homeschool my niece, which is a smart move because these uh, these teachers are phoning it in and they're pretending they're all scared when when basically they're just sitting on their butts at home collecting a check and pissed off that they might actually have to go to work sooner or later. You know, if all these precautions work, why the spike? Everyone's been wearing a mask. Everyone's been doing what they're supposed to. Why the spike? It's not, certainly not because kids are going to school. Because kids aren't really passing this thing. They're not even, it's rare that they catch it. You know, one student gets sick and they shut down a school for, the, uh, you know, for a month. One kid, one kid, 12,000 employees who happen to be teachers who know that if, the, you know, if they just do remote learning, they could stay in their pajamas eating bonbons all day. Or whatever they do. They're lazy. 
They want money for nothing. People have been saying for far too long that these teachers are heroes, but they're fucking our kids. They're lazy. They work, you know, they're off three months in the year and they think that they work real hard and they're American heroes. Sorry. It's overblown. They've been saying, you know, they're the unsung heroes. Teachers are the unsung heroes. And yeah, I've had a lot of teachers that influenced me in my life. Absolutely. And they are important in a child's development. But if you're raising them to be little liberal fascists, that's not good. All right? And that's not what you should be doing as a teacher. One of my favorite teachers is somebody who I disagreed with ideologically on every level. He was a through and through hippie Democrat. He was a 60s child. And uh, boy, I disliked everything about his politics because he was just that liberal nonsense that he was a teacher. But I respected him because I learned through my adversity with dealing with him. We did a mock court, and I, he said that I had to. I was the judge. We did a mock court, and I was the judge. He told me I had to do what the jury recommended. He said that it, it was a murder, murder trial, and I wanted the death penalty, but the jury said no, life in prison. And I said, fuck that. I'm not paying for this asshole to live through his entire life. Put him down now. Hell. We're going to go hit him with my car out back. <laughs> I disagreed with everything with this guy politically. And yes, he taught me. I taught me because of my differences with him. Do I think he deserves $120,000 a year, three months off? And she's so, oh, so, so scared. Oh, so scared he might catch the Rona. <laughs> when 90, overnight, like 97% of the people who get it survive. Infections are up. Not deaths. Idiots. Anyway, <laughs> we may have to end the show early, but that's okay. But I got two more news stories, and I like to end on a happier note. That's why I got all my ranting out just then, so I can end on a happier note. Let's talk about some good news for a change, huh? A British diplomat praised his hero after dramatic rescue of drowning woman in China. And there's video of this. You can go look for it. Uh, a British diplomat could be seen in a dramatic TikTok video saving a woman from drowning in a Chinese river on Saturday morning. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Ellison, the consul general... Oh, boy. Chinese words. All right, I know I was, I know I was giving Hawaii a bunch of... Because <laughs> of all the, all the vowels, there's too many vowels in Hawaiian words. Well, in Chinese, there's way too many consonants. All right, it's like, in like opposite sides of the same coin. The consul general of Chongqing jumped into the river to rescue the 24-year-old college student who slipped into the water and lost consciousness, BBC reported. Quote, she was unconscious, uh, she was not breathing, and for a short, and for a short time. This is poorly translated. <laughs> we feared the worst, Ellison 61 told the outlet. He probably said it in Chinese. Mandarin. Uh, quote, when we got back to the side, she started breathing again. Uh, TikTok video of the rescue was reposted to Twitter by the British Embassy in Beijing's in Beijing's account. <laughs> Quote, we all are immensely proud of our Chongqing Consul General Stephen Ellison, who dived into a river on Saturday to rescue a drowning student and swim her to safety, the British government said in a tweet. Footage shows the woman slip off the rock and into the water, emerging face down after passing under a footbridge. Ooh, ouch. Ellison can be seen taking off his shoes, jumping in and leading the woman to safety with an inflatable life ring that was tossed into the water. They didn't mention his phone. They said he, he saved his shoes. He must have put his phone in his shoes, right? 
Would you be afraid somebody would steal? Anyway, that's that's neither here there, here nor there. <laughs> the point is, is that you know, God jumped in to save a stranger. And you know what? You could be a teacher. You could be a you could be a liberal. You could be a long-haired '60s child hippie. You fall in a river. I'm going to jump in and save you. you know, we who else would I argue with? <laughs> I want you know. That the difference of opinions of all people in, on the earth is is what gives life its flavor. And if everyone was like me, it'd, it'd be extremely boring and possibly really violent. And so I really don't, uh, uh, I don't care what your politics are, who you are. You need help, I'll help you. And uh, even if you're a Chinese citizen, <laughs> I would help you. Chinese may be our sworn enemy. It could be like... Uh, uh, Capulets and the Montesquieu's. Is that correct? I think so. You know, doesn't doesn't matter. Our feud doesn't matter when it comes to saving lives. And I think that the, I think they always conditioned through to think that way because of the military. Because uh, you can argue and fight all you want with like. Because uh, I was in the Navy, you could fight with the Marines. You know, make fun of them, dumbass jarheads and stuff like that, and they stupid swab and squiddies. You know, you make fun of each other, you fight each other, but when you know when it comes down to <laughs> trouble somebody needs help you know you band together real quick real quick and god bless human beings we're the best all right now let's uh let's go on to this last story and we're going to talk about a florida man story florida man becomes what florida man becomes first athlete with down syndrome to complete iron man triathlon oh see how i flipped that on you See how I flipped that on? You thought it was going to be a Florida man story where some guy does something stupid. No. No, that's not. See, I flipped it on you. That's called a misdirect. A Florida man crossed the finish line over the weekend and become the first athlete with Down syndrome to complete... I thought it's Down's syndrome. He, he typed it down. I thought it's Down's syndrome. Anyway, to complete the Ironman tri- triathlon, the Special Olympics announced. Chris Nickick wore a shirt featuring his motto of 1% better every day as he completed the Panama City Beach competition Saturday in a moment captured on video. Yeah, this is poorly edited. There's no space between beach and competition. Anyway, the moment was captured on video. That's awesome. Uh, Quote, a year ago, I wrote, Chris World Champ, the 21-year-old Maitland native, tweeted Sunday morning, quote, anything is possible. According to the Special Olympics official Twitter account, Nickick or I hope I'm pronouncing that right, sir. Uh, he inspired people around the globe as he set a Guinness World Record with the feet. It's official, the recent, a recent tweet read, Florida athlete at Chris Nickick is an Iron Man. <laughs> Caps Iron Man. The triathlon had a 17-hour time limit, uh, official said. Nickick crossed the finish line after 16 hours, 46 minutes, and 9 seconds, according to Guinness World Records. The event consists of a 2.5 mile... 2.4-mile swim, 122 miles on a bicycle, and a marathon-length run that had, had to all be com- completed within the time limit. Jeez Louise. Nickick, who has undergone two heart surgeries and multiple ear canal reconstructions, is hoping to qualify for the 2022 Special Olympics USA Games in Orlando, Florida, according to Tampa-based WT- WTVT. <laughs> I think you might make it. I can't do that. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, quote, Special Olympics Florida is incredibly proud of Chris Nickick and his work he's put in over the last few years to achieve his monu- this monumental goal. Uh, 
Sherry Wheelock, the president and CEO of Florida's Special Olympics organization, told the outlet. Chris has become a hero to many athletes, fans, and individuals across Florida and around the country. He is an inspiration to us all, and we couldn't be prouder of his remarkable accomplishments. Nickick's father, Nick Nickick. Oh, God. <sighs> he told the Orlando Sentinel that his son far exceeded the expectations of doctors. From the time he was born, we were told by everyone that he, was never going, he would never do anything or amount to anything or be able to accomplish anything beyond being able to, to tie his own shoes. The elder Nickick told the newspaper, and we believed them for the longest time. But despite medical setbacks and other hurdles, the 21-year-old made history at the Florida Panhandle event. You know, that's, that's freaking awesome. I can't do that. Uh, a 2.4-mile swim and then on a bicycle for 122 miles and a marathon-length run. What's that, uh, 26.2 kilometers? I think that's... I think it's 26.2 kilometers. And so, um, America, America, yeah. Iron Man. I mean, that's amazing. I can't do that. I wouldn't even think of trying to do that. Even my peak physical prime in the Navy, I couldn't do that. You know, it just, just goes to show you, like, um, human beings are one of the most resilient creatures ever designed by God. You know, even despite all these um, happy little accidents <laughs> and the differences in us all. We can all, you know, accomplish things that would surprise ev or anybody and everybody. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, you know a lot of people with Down syndromes, they uh, tend to have like motor skill problems and stuff like that. And that's, that's amazing. That's really amazing. He could say that he's an Iron Man. And he is very, he is, I, I don't want to say handy capable because that's not, that's not strong enough. Handy Captain America. No, he's just, he's just awesome. You're awesome. I don't want to, you know, denote, I mean, humans are so resilient. Even despite people who are born with things like Down syndrome, they can grow and do things that can surprise you, things that you can't even do, you know? Humans, human beings, what a machine. What a machine. What a machine. Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and end the show now. And um, I just want to remind you all uh, to go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, become a patron. I would appreciate it. Three bucks a month. Get you access to all of our video content behind that paywall. And you can see the camera getting skewed when I knocked over the, the power thingy, whatever that power tower, tower power, tower power. <laughs> it's just a bunch of USB things to plug stuff into the lights and cameras. Action. So yeah, go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, become a patron, or you can send me cash through Cash App, use hashtag shockmonkeyradio, all one word, I would appreciate it. And if you can't do that, just go over to uh, YouTube or BitChute, search for shockmonkeyradio, find my channel, uh, watch a couple videos, like, share, and subscribe, you know, tell your friends to listen to this podcast, I would really appreciate it. And so uh, yeah, this has been Shock Monkey Radio, I'm the Madman, and I love you. <laughs>